this? said Nancy, with all the drama someone under five foot five could muster. Is it? The big red door. I politely pretended to take a moment to admire it. Mom didn't raise me that badly. But in truth, Nancy hadn't given me a minute to deal with the whole train-slash-death-slash-afterlife issue. Sure, I heard her when she said that if we were going to find my murderer, we didn't have time to waste. But I was too thrown to take it in. What felt like seconds ago, I was standing on the subway platform. Now, I was expected to be all breezy about my death, and impressed by a door that might take me to some other side. Um, wow, I finally managed. You didn't have to be a Mensa member to see how the entrance to the other side got its name. It was big, say, one story tall, red, wood, in case those kind of details interest you, and a door though it was hard to check off the last point seeing as it was firmly shut, and apparently staying that way until I solved my murder and found my key, whatever that meant. Big Red sat, almost hidden, in an unassuming alcove just off Hotel Atesa's main lobby. So this was what my way out of this nightmare looked like. So far, so unhelpful. Run me through how it works again? I turned to Nancy and tried to look super interested. Maybe the sooner I got the hang of things, the sooner I'd feel less messed up, confused, and low-level terrified. Well, where shall I start? Whether she sensed my bewildered horror or not, Nancy was clearly loving this part of her job. Rule one. The door can only be opened by Ghost's personal key. So, when we solve your murder... She smiled as if that was a sure thing. Like getting your period on the day of an important swim meet. Or your mobile battery dying, just as the guy you like finally calls. You'll get your key, put it in the door, and whoosh! Off you go to the other side. Whoosh. Just the sort of noise I imagined the entrance to the next world making... Finally, Nancy sensed my lack of okay. We have no idea how long it's been here, she said, desperately trying to get me involved. It could have been around for hundreds or thousands of years in some form or other. After all, kids must have been murdered in New York ever since time began. Nancy took a second. I got the impression that for once, there was something she hadn't thought through. Shocker. Well... Definitely since the Dutch rocked up anyway, or the Native Americans, or the, or maybe even years and years before that, Nancy finished unconvincingly. Super. Now she was giving me a history lesson. This was getting more and more surreal. Though getting pushed under a T-Rex was probably more painful than the F-Train, Lorna said. She was examining the ends of her hair like a pathologist from CSI. I bet she massively regretted not booking a pre-death spa day. Imagine spending eternity with split ends or an imperfect manicure. How did she end up here? Someone spike her MAC lip gloss with cyanide? Let's start with the basics, Nancy said. Rule two. In the Ateza, things work in pretty much the same way as they did when you were alive, Give or take a few little changes. From the back of her pristine, pressed jeans, 
she produced an equally pristine pressed booklet with the rules typed on its front cover. It was about as thick as the length of a thumbnail. Nancy handed the book to me, way too eagerly for someone about to talk about my death. Everything is covered in here. She smiled encouragingly. But obviously, it's my job to talk you through things, too. Lorna groaned. As Yatesa exists in what we assume to be a kind of limbo, you interact with everything in here as you did when you were living. I looked at Nancy blankly. Nancy sighed. I wasn't catching on as fast as she'd hoped. In other words, in here, you act like you did when you were alive. So you can open this curtain, use the elevator, move these pieces of paper.